Welcome to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the queer James Bond podcast. I'm Andrew Wheeler. And I'm Shane Holland. On this episode, we are heading to Russia and we are loving it with the 2021 Marvel Cinematic Universe movie Black Widow, starring Scarlett Johansson as a very different kind of super spy to our boy James. Before we get into that, Shane, have you been up to anything uh, widowy? I guess, this week? <laughs> uh, I mean, other than murdering my former husbands. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually celebrated an anniversary this week, so I guess oh, it is kind of in that vein. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been with my boyfriend, Lucas, for two years, and I made a very public Facebook post about it, uh, which... <laughs> I, in essence, outed me to all of my friends and family that I'm in a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was great to kind of come out again, as nerve-wracking as it all was. Right. Um, and it was it was just also really nice celebrating my love. And yeah. so, yeah, shout out to Lucas, who will never hear this because he doesn't <laughs> listen to any podcasts. <laughs> well, congratulations to the two of you. Oh, thank you so much. We had a wonderful night. We had dinner at home and then we went out for drinks, just like a class classic date night oh, that's uh, so we nice. watched a scary movie it was great <laughs> which movie <laughs> i mean from 2007 uh p2 uh about a woman trapped in a parking garage with <laughs> a uh you know say psychotic security guard oh uh, it was actually quite interesting i i really liked it <laughs> uh, yeah that's like you you, you say it's a horror movie about a parking garage, and my first thought is, oh, that sounds dumb. And then I go, oh, no, <laughs> that is legit one of the scariest places in the world, especially for a woman alone. So, exactly. Yeah. It was really real uh, and great performance uh, by, I, oh, gosh, I think her name is Rachel Nichols. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great movie. Highly recommend. Uh, but enough about me. Uh, what's the widowiest thing that you've done this week, Andrew? <laughs> Well, um, I have been expanding my glassware collection. Now that I can have people <laughs> over to my house again, I had to do a little sort of reaccounting for for what I have and what I need. And I decided to to invest in some coupe glasses, um, which I think is quite widowy. And you know, it's both black widowy because uh, you serve champagne and Russians love champagne in a coupe glass. Um, oh, and also, like if you're having a if you're having a wake, um, you know, why not serve? <laughs> Why not have some coupe glasses? Uh, are are we planning on holding a wake sometime soon? I mean, possibly for Daniel Craig's James Bond, but... Oh, yeah? Yeah, maybe. Um, and I do. Say, I must say, I do love a coupe glass. Like, I prefer it for champagne. Um, you know, some people say, oh, the bubbles evaporate too quickly, but it, but it oxygenizes it more quickly as well, which is good for the flavor, which, you know, champagne is often too sweet. I want it to dry out a little bit. Oh, so true. I mean, so many times when I've been showing people champagne, they're like, I want a dry champagne, a dry champagne. Right. I'm like, you actually have no idea that champagne starts off as one of the more high sugar content wines. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's very hard to make it, uh, uh, for me, tolerable even. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's why I like to add some bitters to it. Um, and yeah, coupes are great for cocktails. Like it's, they're, they're much smaller than the martini glasses I have, which means I can drink more cocktails, but less alcohol. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have them added to my repertoire and to have people over for, for cocktails once in a while. Well, I can't wait to enjoy a cocktail from a coupe. Mm-hmm. 
Bond news. Uh, if you're listening to this episode on the day of release, tickets for the new Bond film No Time to Die go on sale tomorrow, ah. Friday, September 17th, uh, three weeks ahead of the October 8th release. Oh my goodness, Shane, we're so close. Oh, I literally have goosebumps as we're talking about it. <laughs> and I feel at this point they can't, surely they can't delay it again. Like three no. weeks time now, it's like, we've, it's too late. It's too Well, late. we've released like some major motion pictures since the yes. last time it was pulled from the schedule. So it, yeah, there really is no time to die for this movie to hit the <laughs> uh, And with the release imminent, we now finally know the movie's actual runtime, and it is 163 minutes. <laughs> Jesus, bring uh, a bottle that you can piss into. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I mean, I, I my first movie back was, was Shang-Chi, and I was my leg was vibrating by the oh, end of the movie. Yeah. I didn't used to have a problem with my bladder in the <laughs> movies, but something has changed within me. Something I cannot name. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's it's rough. I don't know how I'm going to do this. So yeah, this is this movie's release uh, time or runtime is just shy of uh, two hours and forty five minutes, which is fifteen minutes longer than Spectre, which was the previous longest Bond movie. Fifty two minutes longer than the two shortest <laughs> Bond movies, Doctor No and Goldfinger. So that's almost an hour longer than than Doctor No, the first Bond movie. I don't. I feel like I'm going to have to start training. I'm going to have to start setting a stopwatch and not go to the bathroom for 163 <laughs> minutes. Cue uh, <laughs> the eye of the tiger montage. <laughs> <laughs> and and maybe this is one I'm going to have to see in VIP because I want that comfortable seating for, oh, for yeah. three hours, you know? Also, I don't want to be near other people. Like, I saw Shang-Chi oh, in no. VIP and uh, it was the right decision. You're so far away from the other people. It's great. It's oh, the only way to fly. <laughs> oh, I, I think we are just going to be booking ourselves a room for this one. <laughs> <laughs> For every episode of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, we recommend a drink or cocktail that matches the theme of the episode or maybe just our mood. This week, it is Shane's turn to pick. Shane, what have you got for us? Well, I have been sitting on this bottle for quite a while. Oh, it must be so warm now. <laughs> well, I mean, I did give it a little time to rest once I took okay. it out. Um, <laughs> This is, I realize, the only time in the foreseeable future that our franchise, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, will be going to Hungary uh -huh. uh, in the form of Budapest. Uh, and I thought, there is no other time to try this. So I pulled out my uh, Five Putonius Aju Tokai. What did you call me? <laughs> you heard me, Putonius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is like the classic Hungarian dessert wine. You might actually say it's like the most classic dessert wine mm -hmm. in the world because it comes from the oldest Appalachian controlled area of wine growing in the world. And that is Appalachian, not Appalachian uh, for any Americans <laughs> listening. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the uh, translation. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Appalachians or Appalachian, they are Bordeaux or Port. Port yes. or uh, VQA Niagara on the lake, like those or are champagne, all, of course. Or, yes, of course, the best. Uh, so this actually predates all of them. Uh, it is a very, very uh, sweet uh, Botrytis uh, noble rot. Uh, induced wine. It smells like apricots, and I'm drinking it right now, which is probably <laughs> too early to be drinking a dessert wine. By the way. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you've but, had a meal, it's fine. You know? uh, well, thankfully, I have. I'll, as <laughs> always, just like James, I start my day off with eggs. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, it smells like 
pears and figs and caramel and apricots and stone and it is really smooth and delicious and oh wow you need to have like a really strong blue cheese or oh caviar or Mm. mm, pate any of those would make the perfect pairing with this but uh yeah what a way to start the day andrew oh good lord um yeah (laughs) I do find these Hungarian dessert wines, again, they are very, very sweet. You definitely need to balance them out. Um, yes, I think I've talked before about I did spend a, a long weekend in Budapest once, and uh, so obviously I had to try everything that was uh, was native to uh, to, to the region, um, and I drank quite a lot of this sweet, sickly sweet dessert wine. Um, it is definitely for a certain time of day and a certain circumstance, I think, for me. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I mean, you should see it beside this giant glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> the water is calling for me. Uh, ooh, <laughs> it also has like this kind of tartness. It's very high in acidity. It's really well balanced. Mm. I enjoy it. Mm. I feel like it's one of those drinks where if you get the really good stuff, you're going to know it's the good stuff. And if you get the cheap stuff, it's going to oh, taste you're like... you're going to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know everything about me. I've lived a lot of lives before I was an Avenger, before I got this family. I made mistakes choosing between what the world wants you to be and who you are. That was a clip from the trailer for Black Widow, the Marvel Studios movie from director Kate Shortland and writers Eric Pearson, Jack Schaefer and Ned Benson. The movie stars Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, Rachel Weisz, David Harbour and the Bond franchise's very own Olga Kurylenko. Yay, snap snap. (laughs) Uh, The character Black Widow was created by Stan Lee, Don Rico and Don Heck in 1964 as part of the same 60s spy mania that brought Bond to the screen two years earlier. Originally a villainous femme fatale, Black Widow would have fit comfortably along the characters like Fiona Volpe and Pussy Galore, but she quickly became a hero and protagonist of her own stories, more Bond than Bond girl, in uh, quotes. Uh, This movie has several other Bond connections, including Olga, of course, who starred in Quantum of Solace, and Rachel Weisz, whose husband is a good-looking blonde fella named Daniel Craig. I've heard of him. I think I know him. Yeah. Um, As for the other connections, we will get to them as we unpack the story, which opens in a suburban Ohio neighborhood in 1995. Two young sisters are called in for dinner by their mum. Their father returns home and tells the kids they need to go on an adventure. The parents grab weapons and drive away, leaving everything behind. I mean, let's start with that gun barrel sequence, the uh, (laughs) ever-lengthening Marvel scroll at the beginning of any movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's, it doesn't have the elegance of a gun barrel, does it? But it's, no, it's, it's it, 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 it does generate excitement in the same way. Oh, it certainly does. Uh, I, I must say, uh, Ohio 1995, I immediately thought of my dear uh, husband of 13 years, Matty, uh, mm-hmm. and started wondering where he would be at this time. And at eight <laughs> years old, I imagine he was dressed in his homemade Ninja Turtles outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he he might have hung out with Black Widow, who knows? Um. Oh, I really wish. Maybe that's why they were so upset to leave Maddie. Of course. 
Uh, well, so I've got to say, we've got to stop de-aging our actors. <laughs> uh, makeup has always worked fine in the past, and we always forgave it. Why do we need to do this to Rachel Weisz? And right. also, is this why Daniel Craig now has in his writer that he must be de-aged in every movie? He saw oh, this God. and he was like, well, if she's getting the treatment, I must get the treatment. Is that what they're all going to do now? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Just a little oh. blurring. A little and, season one filter. And it's silly because Rachel Weisz doesn't age. I mean... No. No, she looks incredible in this movie. <laughs> She's so stunning. Um, yeah, it, I mean, Marvel have, like, they were the ones that really made this technology come as far as it has. They've used it in, you know, quite cleverly in times, but it still has that uncanny valley effect to it. And, uh, yeah, I think they're overusing it somewhat here. Um, I do love this this uh, androgynous uh, kid with the hair dye. We know that the ScarJo or uh, the Black Widow loves loves hair dye. Um, I've always maintained that that ScarJo has an androgynous, even boyish quality, which has always upset the straight boys of my acquaintance. Who are like, uh, <laughs> of course, no, uh, she's all woman. Excuse me. Um, uh, disagree. I am so on your side. She yeah. it, she really marries the masculine and the feminine in all her roles uh, and Absolutely. everything in between. Um, yeah, I, and in this role in particular, like she is such a badass, and not to say that that is either masculine or feminine trait. Right. In fact, I would say it is just a badass trait. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, I, this whole opening, I think, is so great. Like it's it's got this mournful, nostalgic quality to it. It sort of grounds you with the characters in a way that's really essential for where this movie is is going to go. Um, and it's so unexpected. Like it starts yeah. you in a surprising place. But you very quickly understand where you are and who you're with. Yeah. Oh, I. I mean, I guess especially if you've seen all of the MCU movies. But I think even as a standalone film, you really get the sense of what's about to happen for these yeah. characters. Uh, and before we move on from the scene, let's just say uh, shout out to the bull cut on David Harbour. <laughs> it was a time, the mid nineties. <laughs> that was a professional look. <laughs> oh boy, wow. Uh, the family drive to an airfield where mother and daughters board a small aircraft. Police arrive and the father holds them off, exhibiting super strength. The mother's shot, so the eldest daughter grabs the stick and takes the plane up with the father clinging to the wing. Uh, <laughs> all you just mentioned the nostalgic element, yeah. uh, and I've got to say, uh, they might have just had a billboard on their way to the airfield that said, "America, you're gonna miss it." <laughs> They're listening to American Pie. You see yeah. a baseball game. There's a fucking bridge lit up with American flag lights. It's like <laughs> they're really trying to beat you, beat it into you that uh, these are communists that don't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it is like James Bond. The idea of America that we're presenting here is. Very very broad sketch like a cartoon oh, yeah. version of america that is like yeah it's it's all flags and barbecues and all of that um the film never actually really <laughs> reckons with that either they kind of no, just true. set up america as a standard and then never talk about <laughs> it again um i mean i guess there is at least there's some interesting tension in david harbour's character alexi and his sort of ongoing one-sided grudge match with captain america <laughs> i guess so um, yeah but yeah it's not fully uh explored <laughs> uh, we do get a, a super superpower here that is one that we have seen in the Bond movies, which is super strength. There's not a lot of superpowers that make their way into Bond movies, but uh, but people having more than human strength is certainly one of them. Um, and yes, David Harbour's character clearly has been uh, hitting the serum hard. Not to mention a movie starting with a daring cold open that involves an airplane escape. Mm -hmm, uh, yes, <laughs> like so many of our favorites. 
Um, now, I know uh, Maddie probably hasn't been to Soviet Russia, but, but how do we think those two experiences actually compare? Like, which one? Well, honestly, <laughs> when uh, y- little Yelena said, I want to stay in Ohio, I literally thought, said no one ever. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, poor sweet Yelena. Um <laughs> The plane lands on an airstrip in Cuba. The father delivers a floppy disk to a man named General Drykov. The mother is taken away in a truck. The eldest daughter steals a gun to protect her family, but the father persuades her to give it up. The girls are then drugged and taken away. Uh, really missed opportunity for a uh, visual gag uh, if David Harbour had been holding onto the side of the plane the entire ride. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he could do it, man. He could do it. <laughs> he really could. I mean, that's the character. Uh also, I would really have preferred young Natasha over young Sheldon for TV shows we got. <laughs> it would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, give that girl a gun, set her loose. Um, it, another very Bondian thing here, just to be in Cuba feels very Bond. You know, to oh, yeah. go to, to the Caribbean is uh, very Bond, though we don't get to see much of it. Um, we have some men kissing, so this is maybe one of the queerest moments in the movie, but it is a very <laughs> Russian way of kissing. Um, so, so maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, Ray Winstone wearing a shell suit which is very 90s but not the most threatening uh look for a villain um no no and and then this very harrowing moment where the kids uh you know uh, are saying way too much kids say the darndest things and the adults (laughs) are monstrous like truly this is like all of these well i mean we don't know yet actually they're very cleverly they don't tell us that rachel vice's character is a monster she's too injured to be a monster right but everyone else is a goddamn monster um yeah, it's a this is like a really rough scene to watch and these these like young actors are doing incredible especially yes. young Scarjo. Uh she's just like really I don't know giving you an emotional moment that I was not expecting at this point in the film. Um and it's really grounding and it oh my god, it sets up what we're about to see in the best way. No wonder she is such an angry person. <laughs> such a shitty start. Yeah, absolutely. And we should say Eva Anderson is the uh, the actor playing the young Natasha Romanoff. Um, and Violet, Violet McGraw plays the young Yelena. Snap. The credits roll over scenes of the two girls being trafficked, indoctrinated, and trained as assassins by Russian security services as a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit is performed by Think Up Anger featuring Malia J. The credits also show Drakov's connections to various powerful people throughout the Cold War. Uh, we both have said that this uh, opening titles uh, remind us of Die Another Day. That's um, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> w- uh, listener, we watched this movie side by side twice. First, actually, it was, I think, one of the first movies we saw as a group again together. Yes. Yeah. Um, back in, what was that, July? Mm. Uh, June? Yeah, something like that. Maybe. Uh, and yeah, and then we came together just a few days ago to watch it. Uh, neither of us saying anything, just hearing that. I can't believe that we both wrote "Die Another Day" at exactly the same time. But of course but we did. Yeah, it it's totally that. true. It's, yeah, because yeah, if, if for those that don't remember, "Die Another Day," you know, the the pre-title sequence ends with Bond being taken prisoner, and then throughout the title sequence, we see the next what is it, seven years of his life, or yeah. Five, um, five years, something five like years, that. Something, like a, a long period of time where he was a prisoner um, and eventually gets traded um, after the titles. Um, Correct. Immediately after. And essentially you get like a comic book montage style story happening in that uh, opening sequence, which is what happens here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they cover the time 
between pre-title and post-title in the titles, um, <laughs> and it works very effectively. And it and it's it's also I think a very clever way to get us through what is like it's just a horrible sequence of events like it mm -hmm. is literally child trafficking child indoctrination child abuse um all targeting young women and so there are there's so many evocations of real life horror here and it, it's too much almost for a movie of this ty type to to think about so they've kind of softened it sweetened it a little bit by burying it in the opening titles but they kind of have to do that and i don't think it actually means that that it's any less real it's just easier to digest i mean also this is essentially a movie for young adults so yeah. I, I mean <laughs> i don't think disney or marvel wants <laughs> to take the risk of telling us about the actual horrors of child trafficking so if this is a yeah much more satisfying way of getting across the exact same information yeah um i wrote here that the use of uh like pre-1950s cartoons seems to be a big part of phase four going forward you're right <laughs> yes of course yeah one division has it loki has it and and we see it here in the flat in the montage and uh, i think also peppered throughout the film there's a couple of little spots where you see it yeah um mm. and of course all creating this idea that the soviet union has always been the 1950s like even though this is <laughs> the 1990s um yeah, we we keep saying, I, or I keep saying Soviet Russia. Very much the dressing of all of this is Soviet Russia. But actually, 1995 is four years post-Soviet Russia, f officially. Um, we all know that Russia has been... It's been a strange place. Um, <laughs> yeah, post-Soviet Russia is a lot like pre-Soviet or... But yeah, Soviet during, Russia. So, yeah, yeah. Soviet Russia. Um, and yeah, the movie is not really making that distinction. Like having these, you know, KGB agents basically that are post KGB, having the sleeper agents that's very Americans. That you know, I, I literally I didn't stop to think about it until now. That oh wait, this version of Russia is post Soviet, but so completely dressed up as Soviet Russia, and that's you know that's. Um, in a, in a sense, it's American propaganda. In a sense, it's completely accurate. You, well, yeah, <laughs> definitely American propaganda, but also <laughs> definitely accurate. <laughs> so 21 years later, the older of the two girls is now Natasha Romanoff, oh, the hey. spy and superhero we know and love as Black Widow. She evades capture by a SWAT team seeking to arrest her for her actions in the movie Captain America Civil War. And the mental math that I needed to figure <laughs> out that 21 years after 1995 was 2016... Oh, I'm so old, Andrew. It took me a, <laughs> a. It took me so long to figure out what year this was taking place in, and right. B. I was like, I was caught. Like, I was a six or seven year old at 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 the beginning of this movie, and right. now I'm in my twenties. Like, I'm still not even in my thirties. Oh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, as the internet has told us, 2000 was was 20 years ago, and 1980 was 20 years ago. It's oh, just all yeah. it all blurs together. <laughs> time time means nothing anymore. Uh, my my main note for this section is that Thunderbolt Thunderbolt Ross is a boob. Um, <laughs> he just keeps on showing up to harass people. William Hurt must really enjoy the bank he makes on. Just like he gets to show up with like a a team of guys in cars behind him um and bark at people and then he goes home and it's like yeah i'll just cash another like summer house uh, on the back yeah of that. great what's what's another <laughs> few hundred thousand dollars for five minutes work um we're already getting some major big 
Bond energy from ScarJo uh, in this opening scene. Uh, and, you know, we, we even get some, like, Bond-level scenery in the form of her, fl- like, boating away in the fjords of Norway or wherever the <laughs> fuck she is. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Morocco, a Russian assassin named Yelena pursues her target through the streets. The assassin stabs the target... Uh, but the target sprays Yelena with a red mist and asks her to free the others before she dies. Yelena appears to wake up from a trance. She then cuts a tracker out of her leg and flees with the same package that the target was carrying. Oh, we love hand-to-hand combat in an alleyway. That is another <laughs> James Bond staple that yeah. I, that we're already getting. And can we just say, Flo Pew is <laughs> so fucking great in this. She has just so much humor and life in her voice and i don't know i think she is the best part of this movie spoiler alert <laughs> she uh, yeah i think we will both have nothing but great things to say about uh good old flo Pew. she really she really makes her sort of her impression on the the mcu in this role yeah uh, and it's just like a great fight. Like she drops that knife and grasps it in midair and yeah. she gets the gas to the face. Oh, it, it all. Oh, it's so cool. I love this <laughs> opening. <laughs> um, the only thing I'll say against it is there is this really rough trade off here because on the one hand, we have this amazing scene with these two kick ass, tough women, and we have so many other tough women throughout the movie and so many great action sequences. Um, mm-hmm. But every single one of these women is a victim of trafficking and abuse and slavery. And yeah, Yes, that is driving the plot engine of the the entire movie, but it also like just it just puts an asterisk next to all of the action to think that all of these women have been victimized in this way. Oh yeah, I mean I think we'll get into it towards the end of this film as well, but it's really upsetting how mm-hmm. how like I don't know, just like they brush off the shoulder kind of the implication of this entire storyline yeah, <laughs> throughout yeah. this movie. But we also get. Uh, the intro to the Olga Kurilenko character here. Yes. What a fun turn for this former Bond woman, I must say. Uh, yes, we should. I mean, if you're still listening to this and didn't know we were doing spoilers, we, we obviously we talk about every movie from beginning to end. And this is kind of a spoiler. Um, but yeah, we, we're going to talk about it. I like Is Olga Kurilenko in that suit? I guess she is in that scene because they show up putting the helmet on yeah we don't see her face but i feel like a lot of the time in this movie it is not olga korylenko oh no 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 in that suit certainly not (laughs) um she is not that tall for one thing oh oh we will get into that trust (laughs) (laughs) so natasha is laying low in the woods in norway a fixer has set her up with paperwork and equipment to help her keep moving as well as personal effects from one of her safe houses um so we are in scandinavia not a place that james bond tends to visit uh, no that i can recall no, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> Has he been to Finland? Oh, I, I literally had the page up on on my <laughs> computer of everywhere that James Bond has ever been because I was looking for Budapest in there. And, right. and I did not think to keep that page open. It should be <sighs> a tab for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say it's pretty Bondy to arrive at home and find someone having broken in and sleeping in <laughs> your bed, uh, particularly after our From Russia With Love episode. Right, yes. <laughs> um, sadly, Otifak Benley as the fixer is not wearing sort of a, a, a lovely neck scarf and some uh, negligee <laughs> uh, because he would look marvellous uh, in that <laughs> he is I think the first member of the cast of looking to show up in the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe but I hope the door is open for Jonathan Groff and uh, Russell Tovey and uh, the, oh Murray Bartlett of course oh from, Murray uh, Bartlett yes 
<laughs> Wouldn't that uh, be nice? <laughs> that would be. I mean, Murray Bartlett in everything, please. Um, I like uh, the line, and I don't pay you to worry, but I mean, I would consider paying to fuck you. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's a beautiful man. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Sadly, not the, uh, the the widow boy of the movie. Um, <laughs> no, appar- apparently not. Uh, uh, do we get any widow boys this movie? No. Oh, no, wow. it's... It's not that kind of movie, apparently. Um, One strike against it for the Bond count, I guess. (laughs) But there is one strike for it. (laughs) The most uh, explicit Bond reference we will get, Natasha is watching a Bond movie in her trailer. She is watching Moonraker, uh, starring the other Drax of movie canon, uh, Hugo Drax. Um, And she knows all the dialogue. She's talking along with the movie. She's clearly watched Bond as many times as we have. We love that for her. So fun. I, I forgot to write it in my notes, actually. But I mean, how could I not have? And I think that uh, uh, in our first original viewing, at that point in the movie, we looked at each other and just said, we're going to have to do this for yep. our podcast. <laughs> Uh, when Natasha goes on the run here, uh, or on the run, when she, just as she's leaving to move to her safe house, like I saw the back of her trunk and she just throws a little something in it. And literally I came back from camping and I could not see out of the back of my trunk. So <laughs> either I'm doing it wrong or she is just a very light packer. <laughs> I think sometimes both things can be true. Uh- <laughs> While driving into town, Natasha is attacked by a masked assassin named Taskmaster. Wow, that sentence. Taskmaster (laughs) exhibits the skills of several Avengers, including Natasha herself. Natasha realizes her attacker is after a box recovered from the safe house. She steals the contents, a bundle of vials and photographs of her with Yelena, and escapes. Uh, we see here that Nat drives a Lada. Um, this is not the most glamorous car in the world. <laughs> I, I don't know if Lada's even... Are you even familiar with Ladas? Uh, you said that word and I just went with it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladas and Skodas are the two like most notorious like shitty cars in Europe. Um, where there's, and there's a lot of shitty cars in Europe. So yeah, yeah these, were the, these were the joke cars. If, you're, if your school friend's parents had a Lada or a Skoda, uh, that child would never live it down in the playground is basically. one of those the the tri-wheeled car that mr bean drives <laughs> um no that's a reliant robin uh, oh, which right, again yes that also is a joke car. <laughs> <laughs> uh so daft punk arrives and shoots the shit out of star joe <laughs> with a fireball uh Taskmaster, such a great character from the comics, like has long been one of my favorite characters because it he does uh, he's a man in the comics and he does have that really cool power where he can mimic the abilities of of any other fighting style that he sees very Um, cool very cool and brilliantly translated to the screen and to to you know to be able to show us visually the way that he emulates he or she in the movie uh, Mm -hmm. emulates you know uh in this scene he's doing a lot of natasha's moves he also is doing some hawkeye stuff and we will see him doing captain america and black panther and bucky as as the movie progresses Oh, I, I, oh, I guess so. I, I didn't catch some of those, but now that I'm thinking about it, wow, very cool. Yeah, it's a really great fight. Um, there's just like so many backflips and wire stunts uh, that look really smooth. Um, I mean, Marvel has just perfected this. I think they are getting better and better at, at, at yeah those fight scenes. Like, because some of the early movies they would have like okay fight scenes, but the camera a lot of CGI know how to frame it and, and yes. Yeah. 
you seeing the Hulk jumping from one end of the screen to the other never looked quite <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they are getting so good at it. And, and yeah, like the action sequences in this and in Shang-Chi are both like top tier. Um, and it's, you, you know, the one thing I did think about watching this fight on the bridge is you know is there still a difference between a superhero action fight scene and and like a bond fight scene because bond you still have to have that level of vulnerability that that you can't really that that you you don't need to worry about so much in in a superhero fight scene like nat technically doesn't have any superpowers um but she still gets thrown around more than I think James Bond plausibly could. But maybe that's not true anymore. Like, you know, we've seen Daniel Craig run through a wall and okay, it was drywall. But even <laughs> so, like, it, it feels like the, the gap is narrowing between what is superhuman and what is peak human. The more that we read the novels versus watching the films, too. I mean, yes. the James Bond in the novels gets hurt. Like, he, the James Bond in the novels gets his pinky finger broken and can't fuck or fight for the rest of the <laughs> novel. And the James Bond in the films, like you said, can literally be in multiple car crashes, jump from a bridge onto a moving train, uh, be shot out a thousand times, get shot in the chest and fall, like, a thousand feet into the river, and he's perfectly fine. Like, yeah. I mean, he, he took a couple of weeks off but he was <laughs> <laughs> to drink with scorpions and shit apparently i mean it was what a drama queen <laughs> <laughs> always that's why we love him that's why we love him <laughs> <laughs> of course this wouldn't be a bond movie if there wasn't some kind of magical macguffin that you have right. to chase all halfway around the world or keep safe from someone yeah the glowy <laughs> red vials yes um, yeah, well, like you know, the the prop people are like, well, we'll put some LEDs in the, in the back there to make them really shine. Someone went home and said this was the best day. <laughs> I got to make the red vial. <laughs> You'd want to keep at least one of those, right? Like, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, you steal that for sure. Yeah, they they for made sure. like a thousand. Did you see how many they broke? <laughs> True. Uh, so Natasha visits a safe house in Budapest and is reunited with Yelena, who is her sister. They fight to a standstill and then call a truce. Yelena explains that the vials contain an antidote to mind control and that the Red Room is still active and Drakov is still alive, despite Natasha's belief that she killed him and shut down the Red Room when she defected to S.H.I.E.L.D. Budapest, Budapest. Budapest, yes, she's correct. It is Budapest. <laughs> uh, this is where, I mean, the script goes really into high gear from this point, I think. We start yes. getting, like, a joke every other minute, and everyone is better than the last. <laughs> I have, I say it in the, the rating section at the end, but I feel like the delivery is what makes the writing sing here. Like so a lot of these yes. lines aren't really jokes or like they're not super funny on their own, but they are so well delivered, particularly by Florence Pugh and Rachel Weisz, um, mm -hmm. that it does make it like, cause when I was looking at quotes from the movie, I was like, Oh, that's uh, not a funny line. Same. I really had to go through. and. <laughs> but yeah, but it actually is a funny line because Florence Pugh is so dry and brilliant. The elevator from Diamonds Are Forever makes an appearance. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah, you, you, you name check Diamonds Are Forever. I name check Falcon and the Winter Soldier because it does feel like, oh, did they shoot these like back to back? Because oh, like, sure. it sure. totally feels like the same locations. It's funny. <laughs> these two are hilariously even matched. Um, but I will say you see ScarJo next to Olga Kar Lanko or whoever her body double right. and you're like wow ScarJo is tiny and then you see Flo Pew next to ScarJo <laughs> and it's like how much smaller do you 
how much smaller can you get, I guess, as an action star? This is the origin of Matryoshka dolls. Um, you just have a succession of Russian women that fit inside each other. Uh, I can't believe you didn't know that. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. <laughs> Um, we we do have yeah the, these two I do have two sisters and I will say the behavior of these two very familiar to me like this is exactly how <laughs> sisters behave I mean it's violent it's combative um, people get hurt <laughs> they, people get hurt feelings definitely get hurt they're all like this they are all like this <laughs> we we love a stereotype <laughs> <laughs> which is why them drinking vodka in the the sequence also uh, yes. was worth checking out for me it's like if if I were to keep up with the drinking in this movie like it's one of those drinking game movies where the drinking is the drinking game uh, <laughs> yeah for oh sure. wow yeah for sure <laughs> i would have been wrecked if we had done that um i i love how just like blase uh flo pew says it's an antidote to mind control like oh okay well, we're just gonna move on <laughs> honestly you give it too much attention and it starts to fall apart yes so, very yeah. true also that uh, when Scarjo says that there was no body left to check about uh, Drakov uh, and yeah. her assassination attempt, it's like, that's kind of a rookie estate for an assassin to make. But then, I mean, I just watched the next movie for our our show, and I was oh, yeah. like, oh, this happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you've got to check the body. you uh, got to check the body. <laughs> find a bit, you know. Right? Get it, find a nose. <laughs> One last bullet in the head, you know, the, the classic <laughs> horror movie thing. Just don't let them get up. <laughs> the safe house is attacked by a group of female assassins and the sisters must fight their way out. One of the assassins is severely injured in a fall and takes her own life under instruction from Drykov. Uh, it is clear that she is not acting of her own free will. Proving to Natasha that the Red Room assassins, the widows, are all being mind controlled. Uh, some very impractical hairstyles for hand to hand <laughs> combat. Um, everyone should really have a high tight pony, but yeah, well, yeah. we can move on. That I mean, fashion is necessary in these films. <laughs> it's fashion. Uh, yeah. Garjo should absolutely be dead uh, <laughs> after crashing into literally every piece of scrap metal and brick on her way down. <laughs> Uh, but she we, stands up, uh, she makes it through so that we can have a movie, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, the number of times that characters die but then just get up is uh, shocking in this movie. But that's exactly it. Superhero movies, people are made of, like, of uh, rubber, basically. <laughs> On this second viewing of the movie, I, and having seen literally every other MCU movie at this point, mm -hmm. I have never bothered to wonder why she is called Black <laughs> Widow. Like, the reveal for me is fine. Uh, you know, I love a group of female assassins, but I... I, I, I it, this is why she's called the Black Widow? Like, there's nothing to do with spiders or having, like, a dead husband. It's just, like, kind of an assassin group with the name Widow. I, yeah. I don't know, it doesn't really hit for me. <laughs> yeah, and I guess she the fact that she kept the name is sort of... You know, it becomes a little bit odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we are into, like, Vespalist territory. This is the second woman to die for one of the sisters here. Mm. Um, the, you know, the one of the widows got away and was killed by Elena, and now another widow comes after them and is killed, basically killed by Natasha, or is killed for Natasha. So, you know, women they, dying yeah. for women's plots happens too, I guess. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, the sisters are chased through the streets of Budapest by Taskmaster and the Widows. They flee into the subway. 
Um, again, we name-check the same Bond movie here, but how could we not? I mean, we get a tank chase in a... I don't know, it's Hungary, but it feels very Soviet. This is basically yes. Goldeneye. <laughs> basically Goldeneye, yes. Uh, you, you can't do a sequence where a, a, a tank is chasing people through the streets of an Eastern European city, a uh, Slavic city, and not have it look like Goldeneye. I mean, it busts through <laughs> walls. It got, Like, it's going through buildings. It is essentially the same film. Yeah, uh, yeah. We get some real Bondian move from ScarJo when uh, Flo Pew is looking for her keys, and ScarJo just, blink, I've got them right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do not know how you do the stunt uh, where the car is, like, flipped, rolls backwards, and then goes down a staircase into the subway. I'm like, is that whole thing just computers like did none of that happen it looks really practical right Uh, i i but like how many goes do you get at like punting a car down a staircase like that is the toughest mini golf crazy golf game (laughs) in the world well, how much money does Disney have to perfect this? I'm guessing, <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm guessing they went through a few cars to make sure this went right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, this whole pursuit on the motorbike, like, Budapest A looks really lovely. Beautiful. And this is another really fantastic, like, every every scene is just a banger from one to the next. Um, so much so that the plot is, like... Just a whisper to the side in this movie. You are just watching set piece after set piece. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> uh, don't don't confuse me with plots. I have to write them down. It's oh, it's so hard. Uh, Andrew, uh, I, I think we are we forgetting <gasps> tank crash. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, I'm guessing, again, this is not Olga Korolenko in any of these scenes with the Taskmaster here. That that looks like a man, Maury. Um, she she had four stunt doubles uh, as oh, wow. a Taskmaster for different feats of athleticism, which is a pretty cool way to do it. Like, you want some people that do backflips and some people that do combat, and it's like, well... They're wearing a mask the whole time. so And uh, staying yeah. in line with the character who's supposed to be a chameleon, yeah. right? That yeah, really yeah. works. I love that. Um, I can't understand how those vials have survived all of this <laughs> crashing around. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the country that, that drinks vodka like water, they have perfected really strong glass. You know? <laughs> right, of course. So that they can bang the shot glass down on the table and not have it crack. You know, they, these There's, guys, have, yeah. they've worked on it. This is Russian technology <laughs> at its height. Um, yes. Uh, so Flo Pugh gets really hurt towards the end of this scene uh, <laughs> when they're being chased. And there is like a quantity of blood that has escaped her body that I don't know. I, I can't believe that she survived. <laughs> right? She's an ickle bitty person. Like, yeah. She can't have much blood. Um, like look at her next to Taskmaster and it's like that's a quarter of the Taskmaster's body <laughs> that she's lost in blood weight. <laughs> um, yeah. But she's, but she's she's not dying. She's killing it. Um, right, right. So slaying. She's, yeah, she's she not dying. Slaying. She's laying. <laughs> she, she's so good and so dry. And the gray blazer, I love it. This is. I'm going to say to get ahead of ourselves again. Mm. This is maybe not the most fashion forward movie, <laughs> but I like the gray blazer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's fine. <laughs> I, I, I haven't had much to look at I mean no. in terms of <laughs> I mean honestly like, the best outfit might be like the only like real superhero suit that we get coming right. up uh, 
So, anyways, Natasha admits to Yelena that she killed Drakov's young daughter to get to Drakov, blowing them both up with a bomb in the daughter's school satchel. And if this isn't, like, the biggest wink that <laughs> Drakov's daughter is alive and in that Taskmaster right? suit, then I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. That's what's happening here. <laughs> um, it's... I. I I mean, I guess they don't need to explain, but they don't show us how they survived that explosion, right? No, like, no, no, no. It looks like... It it looks pretty intense in her flashback, like, as yeah. if the bomb exploded at their feet. Uh, yeah. So, hmm. I mean, maybe they had, like, a like an iron-reinforced desk that they were hiding under or something. I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> I like, mean, this is Soviet Russia. Bond- Soviet Russia. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess, like, we, you know, we've, we've seen movies. These things... It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, no, none of it matters. <laughs> Uh, now, the sisters do hit the road to discuss how to take down the Red Room and stop Drakov from turning more girls into assassins. Yelena mocks her sister for becoming a superhero. I will say we spend a lot more time on the mocking her sister part than we do about <laughs> stopping Drakov from turning more girls into assassins in this film. I mean, they're pretty well lined up on the Red Room stuff. They're a little more dissonant, disconnected on the superhero stuff. <laughs> right, And right. it does lead to some great comedy moments. The, oh, yeah. The this is one of the better, the funniest scenes, I must. Yeah, <laughs> the bit where where Flo Pew is is like doing the the landing on the in the pose thing. Oh God, so funny, so um, good. And also she she calls her sister out. Like they, they she's a poser. Her, yeah, they argue. She calls her a poser, and she says, "I am not the killer that little girls call <gasps> their hero." Oh, we both. What a line! Yeah, that's really really tough. <laughs> that yeah. cuts to the chase of this film. I love it. Um, but I also kind of love that in Flo Pew, that little girl that was in love with all of that Americana mm-hmm. still exists. Like, she's talking about what she wished for her life to be like and reinventing yeah. her birth certificate. And it turns out that she, like, she never let go of that American dream. Um, which, you know, I have a, I have a little problem, I guess, with in reality. But in this film, yes. it's kind of sweet. <laughs> it can be both an ideal and a lie, you know? Right, I, right. Ideals right. often are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are they getting all of these cars from? How, they like, are stealing them all. <laughs> oh, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page there. <laughs> For sure. They have they steal cars like Billio. I mean, really. Um <laughs> Uh, but she did pay for her jacket, her army surplus vest. So. Right, uh, which we, you know, everyone loves. Uh, I do love when they, they do get a little bonding moment at the end there. And she's like, I knew you did. I knew you liked it. It's cool, right? <laughs> and she's showing off all the pockets. And as a person who never has enough pockets, I'm actually kind of here for the vest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's such a nice, like, it, it's a great runner. Because first of all, the fact that the vest represents, oh, this is the first time I have bought something. I have been programmed and controlled my whole, whole life. Like, that is important like that yeah. that vest is totemic and the fact that we then i don't know if you recall this but we see that vest again because nat is wearing it in infinity war oh um, no way yeah. i totally missed that i love that she keeps the jacket um Aww. it's really cool so are you saying this whole movie was crafted to explain <laughs> where that vest came from yes <laughs> <laughs> Great job, Marvel. Well done. <laughs> there, there are other plot holes you could be addressing, Marvel, but no, let's do the... Uh, let's focus on Black Widow's <laughs> Black Widow's been vest. off screen for years. How could she possibly have acquired a jacket? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another beat that I really enjoyed was was uh, Yelena talking about the big ones in the Avengers. Oh. <laughs> and is Thor a big one? Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, he certainly, certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've seen the pictures. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Fixer sets the sisters up with a helicopter and supplies, and they fly to a remote Russian prison to extract Alexei, a former Soviet super soldier known as Red Guardian, and also the man who acted as their father in Ohio. Okay, I mean, there's a there's a lot happening here. Um, the entire prison breakout happens here, but uh, <laughs> like yeah. it's a large section of movie, but a short section of recap. I mean, um, yeah, what more needs to be said other than a string of hot guys in prison arm wrestling <laughs> uh, contest? It's very yes, erotic. <laughs> it is the, uh, my only incidental hottie. I think of this. Well, Otifag Benley, I think, is a is a, a plot oh, hottie. Yes. Um, and then we have Ursa, the uh, very tall Russian who gets his arm mm. broken, who in the comics can turn into a bear. What? Um, <laughs> oh, I, want, I cannot wait for the movie that is eventually going to come about that. <laughs> right? It's so exciting. Um, yeah, that, that's one of those nice little uh, uh, Easter eggs that they throw in for the, the long-term fans. So Ursa and uh, Red Guardian are teammates in the Soviet super soldiers in the comics. Huh. Um, and yeah, Ursa's power is turning into a bear. Um, for us, like... I don't know, Marvel know-nothings. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of an of-course moment that Russia had their own Captain America. Yes. Captain Russia, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, I, I, I absolutely love this storyline for Alexei. It was a real surprise for me. Oh yeah, it's so it's so nicely done, and yeah, the the the, the device that uh, they send him to break him out of prison is an action figure. Um, so we get to see Alexei literally playing with himself in prison, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's sort of a weird thing to think that Soviet Russia would have made action figures of their superheroes because they they're not known for their mer- mercantile um, uh, <laughs> culture. But no. uh, I I guess maybe it was a thing that that. Uh, uh, Yeltsin liked to give people as gifts. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, one might say that Russia invented dolls, so maybe they are known <laughs> oh, for their mercantile. Yeah, that's true. In fact, yes, now you mention it, the first thing you would do in in, a, in Russia if you're given a doll is look inside it, right? So <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> how would you get that through security? That's crazy. <laughs> hmm, hmm. Well, mm. I, I was expecting another Red Guardian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we, oh, I, I don't want to spoil all of them, but... We get some incredible flow pew lines all throughout <laughs> this. Um, we're both doing a really good job as they're I like fucking as they're fucking up is so incredible. And uh, this would be a cool, a way, cool to way to die. As, as, as the an avalanche. avalanche is coming towards them, like not like totally straight faced. Probably doesn't uh, mean it the way she she says it. It's just so good. <laughs> she's just uh, she's so cool. I mean, she's just like she's <laughs> oh, she's kind down. of a. She's a nerd, and that's yeah. why I love... Like, she's kind of a, like a, a death nerd. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, she's definitely the audience surrogate for this yeah. film, I think. <laughs> oh, I, I'm in love with her. Um, yeah. I love that, like, 90% of this prison breakout is just brute force. Like, there's, oh, yeah. <laughs> they give him the earpiece. They're like, we have, we have a car waiting for you outside. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, the only way you break out of a Siberian prison is if someone is there to pick you up. Um, yeah. <laughs> so actually the, the, the fact that you will die as soon as you leave is the thing holding you there more than the walls. Um, so it kind of makes sense that you can kind of just strong arm your way outside because they don't care <laughs> if you break right? out. Like, they're like, oh, well, <laughs> go, go for right. it. We don't have to feed you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alexei reveals that Melina, the woman who acted as their mother, is still alive and still working for the Red Room. They go to a remote farm where Melina is conducting mind control experiments on pigs. The family is reunited. Ooh, this is where the script gets like really dark and mm. like just 
men suck the most. We get this chat between them about Flo Pew's involuntary hysterectomy. Yeah. Uh, and it's like brutally real. This shit actually happens. And this is once again one of the moments where the movie just glosses over this and almost makes it a joke. Um, but I don't know, for me it hit like really heavy and hard. Yeah, it's yeah, it's hard to sort of know where the line is. Like Scarlett Johansson and, and Florence Pugh are giving a very good performance of trying not to. You know, th- their whole relationship with this man is that they kind of hate him and yeah. kind of love him, mm-hmm. and f- it's a very uncomfortable relationship. And he's saying the dumbest, like Texas legislator, stupid man shit Ugh. here. Yeah, like basically telling them to shut up, to stop talking yeah, about this. Like, oh, don't be so clinical and nasty. Like the idea that women's Ugh. bodies, or sorry, the, the the bodies of people with with uh, the Uterus. reproductive system and uteruses are are gross and nasty. Like that's such a dumb, stupid man thing to say. Men are fundamentally unserious creatures. Is, is my note here. Uh, literally that you don't have to get so clinical and nasty line could have mm. been taken from like any of the republicans in power or yeah. any republican legislatures it is so ugh, it's such a problem to this day i cannot believe how backwards we're going with yeah. women's rights with yeah. people's right to choose and ugh, it's a very scary time yeah <laughs> I, I I don't want to get light after that. Uh, it's like, yeah, that one moment is just so glossed over. And it's yeah. actually such a real thing that we're going through right now. This is a Disney movie. This is a family entertainment. Um, they are, you know, they are gliding close to uh, an electric rail with this stuff. And I'm kind of glad that they do. But also, like, it does leave you feeling kind of unsatisfied. But mm-hmm. this is not this is not the movie to t- to have that conversation in. Um, so maybe it's a good thing to to touch on it and then leave it alone. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't think they're mocking the idea, even though there are jokes built around that sequence. Mm-hmm. You know, the the fact that the women are not laughing is very transparently clear, yeah. and the fact that their relationship with this man is not a good one is very transparently clear um it actually really reminded me of the relationship between m and bond in a way and in Mm -hmm. fact one of the lines uh that alexi says basically m could say to bond and you wouldn't blink what do you want i made you my most prized child assassin like (laughs) this is essentially like the story of james bond as well like just a spy raised from youth we uh, get to the other parent here at the uh, at the farm, the the mind control pig farm. What a concept! <laughs> what um, a concept! <laughs> and uh, yeah, Rachel Vice uh, all up in this movie at last. Daniel Craig is a lucky man to have this woman in his life. Because oh, a goddess! I love her. Um, yeah. She's so good. And <laughs> I will say, David Harbour and Rachel Vice—they are not old enough to be Scarlett Johansson's parents. No. Um, that <laughs> vodka is keeping these people young. It really is <laughs> pickled. Yes. <laughs> David Harbour struggling to get into his leather is <laughs> A, me, literally, every time I try to get into my leather, and also any time I have to squeeze into any clothes that I wore pre-pandemic. <laughs> right. Uh, I, had a, I had a costuming experience very like this when I bought a, a, a romper in the, you know, the summer of rompers, and I tried to put it on, and I'm like, I'm going to just force it on, and then I'm like, wait, how do I get this off? I cannot get this off. I, I nearly damn near 
dislocated my arm trying to force oh. this thing off my shoulders. Like yeah. I had to build a contraption out of out of uh, coat hangers to just force <laughs> this thing off my shoulder. Like my shoulders are pretty big, and and this mm-hmm. thing was tight, and it was not a good look. So I I feel for you in this moment, David Harbour. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. I love that Rachel Weiss is still into David Harbour after all of these years, yeah. after everything they've done. She's still like, ooh, you pig. Um, I also love, okay, Google, bring back my pigs. Uh, <laughs> bring back my pigs. <laughs> bring back my pigs. <laughs> uh, also, Karl Marx tattooed on David Harbour's knuckles. Oh, incredible Hilarious. reveal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and another great, like, great bad parenting line here where um, Rachel Weiss's Melina says, if you got soft, it wasn't on my watch. Mm. It's like, oh, that puts a, a chill through you. A little hint that uh, she, is, she was not a good mom. <laughs> right. She, she mothered them in her way, and her way was to make them fucking tough, you know? Yeah, also too real. <laughs> <laughs> Melina reveals that the basis of the Red Room brainwashing was data they stole from Hydra scientists in the U.S. Yelena tells Melina that she was the only mother she ever knew and that her brainwashing technology was used against her. Melina tells Natasha that her real mother did not abandon her. She was murdered by Drakov. So this is the uh, pig mind control uh, sequences in here and the uh, family sitting down to Russian salad at the same time. Um, and I wrote, oh my God, Rachel's a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those amazing things where, you know, mind control is sinister and scary, but somehow when you show it through an animal almost dying, it like becomes more terrifying because of how our brains process like the, there's a thing where people are like oh terrible things happening to humans but a terrible thing happens to a dog now <gasps> you've crossed the line yeah yeah um and it it does get gross because of the way it sort of devalues human life by overvaluing the, the lives of animals but also like it it works on our empathy like mm-hmm. circuits Receptors. in a really powerful way so you see that that pig almost dying as a demonstration, it does make you sort of appreciate the horror of this in a more visceral way than just knowing the facts. And, I mean, the reaction of uh, ScarJo and Flopew is very much like, oh, these are not our parents. Like, they, yeah. did, they did not enjoy it in the way that Rachel did not care. Yes. And I will say at the same time, like, that, that Russian salad for sure has some ham in it. I'm a hypocrite, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I love a pig. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna stop eating it. <laughs> I mean, I am a pig, baby. <laughs> I think for a couple of deep undercover Russian agents, we did pretty good as parents. Is one of the better lines in this movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I just I, the dynamics of this whole this family is so good. Like the fact that they. They were not a family, but for Yelena, they were their only family. Like, she was so young. It was the only family she ever had because after this, her life was torture and pain. And she would have clung to these memories as the good thing the in her life. Thing, yeah. And effort for everyone else, including Natasha, it's like, well, that was a job. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, Natasha has, has found another family since this time, which Yelena hasn't had. Oh, it's so sad. Our, our parents always end up fucking us up, huh? Oh, Even the really fake do. Russian ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like this. This this whole section is just like showing how really tragic uh, stories both these girls went through or these women went through. Like it's yeah. just yeah. 
rough, really rough stuff. But yeah, the the story of Nat's mother being like just she's an inconvenient woman. The the real the, the sorry the birth mother was an inconvenient woman in a world of powerful men. So she died. She was killed. Like that's the reality. The reality of women is you're either useful or you're exposed. You're uh, dis- a risk. Yeah, disposable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, also makes this very much a Bond movie, I guess. Right, true. <laughs> Although the Bond movies are coming at it from maybe the wrong angle. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Russian agents descend on Melina's farm. Yelena finds Natasha unconscious. Melina knocks Yelena out. She has betrayed them all. Oh, she's such a great monster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's so like empathic and and likable and dark. Um, mm. And also, I love her house. I have to just say, <laughs> oh yeah, love, she's got a great farm. My my two notes here is I love her house and I love her eyeliner because <laughs> it's sort of clumsily applied, and in that is a story. Like it's not great eye makeup. Nope, but it is her eye makeup. <laughs> but it is her eye makeup. Like it's this little touch of glamour that doesn't look particularly good but does look sort of fierce and and glamorous and and specific um, yes the specificity of it i love it it's so good um really fantastic visual gag when the crimson dynamo over there gets 20 darts <laughs> to his chest uh, <laughs> uh yeah i'm curious like you know the the in the dialogue like alexi is like i'm the only russian super soldier so maybe ursa doesn't turn into a bear in this universe and maybe the crimson dynamo who is another russian superhero doesn't exist wait what oh, that yeah? was an in-universe gag of course it was shane of what are you course saying it was crimson <laughs> dynamo is the russian iron man um <laughs> so yeah he he's he's a real character um melina's character is uh is called iron maiden in the comics um so yeah they're all and yelena is a is like the the second black widow like they're all I, all of these guys are comics characters i mean the you didn't have to say that last one because all you need to do <laughs> is watch the end credit scene to know that right. that is true uh, yes. <laughs> they fly to the red room a citadel floating in the clouds melina meets with drakov while surgeons prepare to cut yelena open drakov discovers that melina is actually natasha in disguise the real melina uses her knowledge of the red room to escape the cells and yelena uses a knife sealed by Melina to escape the lab. Wow. Cloud City, baby. <laughs> the other Disney property may- rears its ugly head here. Uh, yeah, you do You do expect to, to find Lando Calrissian like around any corner, like swishing his cape. <laughs> Aha! Yes. <laughs> they definitely walk into a rehearsal for Chicago. Uh, pop, <laughs> six, squish, uh-uh, Cicero, Lipschitz is what I wrote here. <laughs> that, that might be the name of the widows who are training in that. Um, <laughs> yes. um, except, of of course, in in their production of Chicago, only one section is in English and the rest is in Russian. That's so. right. Oh yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, do I want to see that version of Chicago <laughs> so bad? Oh, the gymnastics would be phenomenal. I mean. <laughs> So I'm going to say, I, I think we have a disagreement here, but for me, Ray Winstone is a bit of a weak link uh, in the movie. I, I don't, I, he is sinister, but he's not very memorable as a, as an MCU villain. Like Marvel movies and Bond movies both traffic in great villains. Um, and I guess this villain just traffics in trafficking. Um, <laughs> he is, I've loved Ray Winston in many things, but I feel like he doesn't 
deliver for me. I wrote that I think he's a truly great villain, that I, and I wrote that because I think he's just so menacing. Right. Um, but I also, I don't know, I kind of took this movie out of the universe in a way when I was huh, watching okay. it. Yeah. I was, I, I, I found it much more of a standalone film than so many of the other Marvel movies. Uh, sure, it has some, you know, it's it's only here because it's taking place in between two others. Um, yeah. But I don't know. As a standalone villain, I thought, here's this guy who traffics women, who is like brutal to them in his treatment of them. His own daughter is just a pawn uh, for him. Um, and he really represents kind of the underlying, uh, I don't know, family trauma that all of these people are going through that they're trying to get through so for yeah. me that's why i love him but you're right i mean as far as mcu villains goes uh he has like he has no powers he has no superpowers he's not an existential threat he yeah. he's just a he's just a man and maybe that's maybe that's why he's gay great because <laughs> uh you know man is certainly the worst enemy to the world right now yeah thematically <laughs> it, it's kind of perfect i guess <laughs> yeah sure i get that um there's another line here that i want to call out which is so here we find out that melina did not betray them she's still like super a monster like let's oh, be yeah, clear yeah, like yeah. this this character has done awful things but then they all have um literally a day ago she nearly killed her own prized pig <laughs> <laughs> but yes she did not betray the kids she clearly feels still some fondness for them and yes when she talks to yelena on the radio she says it's me it's mama and the line delivery made me so emotional like Aww. oh my god like that's so rachel vice ladies and gentlemen yeah give it up for rachel vice yeah, very, so good, so good. Like she's just, like, in that short, like, four words, and she has, like, closed the circuit for me about, like, where the emotional intimacy, like, that there is an emotional intimacy here, that she has suppressed it, but it is there. Yeah, that they're that they are a family unit, even yeah. though none of them <laughs> expected that to be the case even now. Yeah, yeah. it's really lovely. Um, there, it's kind of what sells this movie, right? There is, like, an emotional core to it. That's yeah. really what the story is about, a family unit. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they and all four of them really sell that. Uh, oh, they're, they're so good. These are four of our greatest actors, it feels like. Yeah, it would be, su yeah, it would be such a different story if, if any of those four actors were a weak link. It would be a different mm -hmm. story. But, no, the, as you say, yeah, they're just all phenomenal. You know, Rachel Weisz and David Harbour are... There's a reason those those people have the careers they have. They are yeah. so good, and they make this work. Drakov taunts Natasha about her real mother's death and reveals that Natasha didn't kill his daughter, Antonia. She survived with significant scarring and had a chip installed in her brain that makes her a perfect mimic. Antonia Drakov is the taskmaster. Natasha tries to shoot Drakov and discovers that his pheromones and her programming make it impossible for her to harm him. I'm going to say, the pheromone stuff is the weak link in this oh, whole movie. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, so yeah. crappy. Like, it just... it They don't sell it. Maybe maybe they give us too much time to dwell on it, and so we kind of can't forgive it. But, yeah, it's the point at which I'm like, oh, I can see what you thought you did, but... After a whole movie of hand-waving, they... Yeah, you're yeah. right. They spent way too much time trying to make this make sense. It's like, just... I don't know. This is the Marvel Universe. Give him a fucking shield. Give him, like, a... <laughs> like, some Wakanda technology that makes it impossible for her to break through. I don't care yeah. about the... 
the whole, uh, I guess it's all about mind control, but I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't sell it for me. This is, of course, where we finally get to see Olga Kurylenko, um, our Bond woman, in the movie. Um, one of three uh, Bond women uh, to cross over with the MCU in this year. Oh. Because um, we have Michelle Yeoh is in oh, Shang-Chi, and yeah, Lashana yeah. Lynch uh, was previously in a Marvel movie and will be in No Time to Die. So uh, we have a nice little trinity of, of Bond women this year. Um, we did turn to each other not knowing that Olga Kurylenko was in this movie. I don't think either of us knew that when we sat down to watch it. And no. we turned to each other and were like, when we saw her name in the credits at the start, and we're like, oh, a Bond woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you sit through the whole movie and you're like, where, where, where is where she? Is she? <laughs> <laughs> and that, and the reveal, she looks deranged. Oh, it yes. is so, like, for someone who has, what, one line in the film? Yeah. She... Oh, <laughs> she look she's she really sells it when they take off that helmet i was like oh my god she's been in that suit that entire time knowing full well that it has not been her in that right. we've been watching yeah. some incredible stunt performances the, uh, the a face that sells an entire movie and still though such a beautiful woman like yeah. you know they have they have fucked her face up and it's still like oh my goodness that is a beautiful stunning woman. yeah <laughs> give me that makeup baby where do you go right? who are you secret? wearing <laughs> maybe she's born with it <laughs> maybe it's the red one uh, oh no 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 oh, no no, no, no. <laughs> also i just wanted to, to shout out the foley artist tim knives make such good noises <gasps> in movies like the fact that like you know just a knife passing through the air it has to make a sh noise or you just wouldn't accept it as a noise as it's a knife true. like you'd just be like well that's that's not a knife didn't make a sh noise uh i <laughs> had or i mean i have i guess this like i don't know faux samurai sword that was given to me as a teenager and i have definitely swung it around so that i could hear it make that <laughs> noise and it happens you can actually hear it <laughs> right yeah you just have to move fast enough yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> melina attempts to land the red room but is locked out of the system yelena locates the vials and alexi fights the taskmaster Melina sets off an explosion in one of the engine rooms to initiate a crash landing. She rescues Alexi from the Taskmaster by locking her in a cell. I mean, Flo Pew and David Harbour are just a riot <laughs> together. Deho, I guess I should be calling him. Um... <laughs> De Deho sounds like a Hollywood neighborhood you should not go into. <laughs> Deho was my nickname in high school. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when... When he lands in that poser landing, uh, and he's like so proud of himself, and he looks right. back to find that like no one's watching. Oh, so incredible! So good. And then Flopu uh, does her Black Widow landing, and is immediately like, "Oh, that was disgusting!" And he shakes herself off. Yeah. Like, oh, oh no! <laughs> I'm turning into my sister. Uh, I wouldn't exactly call this a controlled crash, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> None of it seems very controlled. No. Actually, more just crash. <laughs> I do, I do wonder if there was a version of the movie where at this point Melina died originally. Like, oh, this was totally feels mm -hmm. like a noble sacrifice moment. Like, she shoots out the engine, but she's literally surrounded by guys with guns. There's no way out. And she dies uh, making a noble sacrifice to redeem herself as a monster. And I feel like they like got to this point in the movie and they're like, Rachel Vice is so good, though. Um, yeah, we need her for, like, another three scenes at least. Yeah. And, <laughs> and also, like, yes, yeah, she's a monster, but I kind of love her. So. Yeah, not the first monster we've loved in film yeah, in this no. podcast for sure <laughs> 
I mean, this is the point where it's like, we. I mean, we just have to kill Ray Winston. These girls were trash. I recycled <laughs> the trash. I wrote, ooh, dude, gross. Yeah. And then he says, the only resource the world has too much of, girls. And I was like, yikes. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> like, guy. Like, that's wrong coming and going. Like, it's, every part of that is wrong. Um, right, read awful. the room. Read the room. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> <laughs> And again, this is a, another great scene for like spotting the Taskmaster, like ev- invoking moves of other MCU characters. And there are, mm. like, of course, there are. There are YouTube videos that contrast like the exact scenes where, for example, we see Taskmaster throwing up uh, claws in the in the Black Panther way mm-hmm. before before going in um, against Alexi. So yes, if you if you didn't catch them, uh, it is all there online for you to to watch or read. All I have to say about Rachel Vice in this scene is yes, Mama beat the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's me, it's Mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, Mama. <laughs> Drakov reveals the extent of his widow network and says he'll bring Natasha under his control as well. Natasha breaks her nose th- so that she can no longer smell Drakov. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the widows come to Drakov's rescue and attack Natasha. Yelena explodes the vials over the widow's head, freeing them from their mind control. Now, you said that Natasha breaks her nose, and I have to say, for a twice-broken nose, it looks really fantastic. <laughs> right? There's no bruising, no swelling, there's no blood. It's uh, <laughs> ah, amazing. I mean, yeah. she's broken a lot of things and not... Like, she had a dislocated shoulder earlier in the movie, and it doesn't seem to be troubling her. No, so, no, no, no. And yeah, what when she fixes her nose, does she fix the nerve? Like, I don't think that's a thing. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think you fix nerves, right? Like, no, I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> like, to repair a nerve is a surgical procedure, I think. I don't know. I'll ask my roommate. He's a doctor. I'm maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, she's definitely going to need to see a doctor after this. And I really hope that, uh, you know, it comes out of the Avengers bill. Right. Oh, wait, I yes. guess they've broken up at this point. So she's on her own. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm. she will get like the five years of the blip, I guess, to like get <laughs> surgery and then, and then she'll die. So, um, oh, 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 that's so sad. Rough. <laughs> rough. Maybe she just can't smell for the last five years of her life. Like. <laughs> that's, that would be so sad. Oh, just like long COVID. Um, yeah. Oof. Uh, there were a lot of widows in there when, uh, uh, Yelena uh, brings them back, but did she need to destroy every last vial to do right. so? Like, it's a gas. I feel like you could have just broken one and they would have been <laughs> fine. Because also, let's not forget that there are, like, what, thousands of girls around the world who could also benefit from mm-hmm. being deprogrammed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe start with a couple of vials, see how many people you still have to fight at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sparingly, Flo Pew. Sparingly. <laughs> I do want to see the the widows go up against the Dora Milaje, and I feel Ooh. like that makes me, uh, 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 you know, is that a gross man thing to say? I don't know. I'm not straight. I don't know what makes me a gross man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everything makes us gross men, Andrew. I, I know what makes straight men gross men, and, <laughs> and like for them, like a pillow fight between the Dora Milaje and the Black Widows is the is the thing. For me, I just want to see all these fierce women like going fully like kicking ass do their best martial arts yeah. uh i, I want to see blood and broken bones and i want to see like thigh high boots and lots of leather <laughs> yes yeah, that's that, so wrong <laughs> is that wrong <laughs> uh our apologies uh. <laughs> 
Natasha steals Drakov's data as the Red Room explodes around her. She finds Taskmaster and lets her out of the cell. Yelena sabotages Drakov's evac helicopter, setting off an explosion that kills Drakov finally and sends her plummeting towards certain death. Certain. Um, it's certain. Yes, yeah, very certain. That's it. Uh, I mean, dropping out of a ship that's on fire is also very die another day. Uh, mm -hmm, that's like true. An airship, I should say, <laughs> felt uh, <laughs> like a hearkening back. This is this is where I wrote. Antonia is so tall um, <laughs> because we see Taskmaster facing up to to Black Widow, uh, I, who's half her size. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like <laughs> my God, um, she is wearing some heels, like yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, this is where we get a couple of like full circle-y moments where, first of all, Widow has to save Antonia's life. Of of course mm -hmm. um and second yelena has to make a sacrifice um i guess because she killed a widow earlier but it does feel a bit contrived at this moment that she's like oh, well yeah. let's blow up the helicopter i mean you know drakov drakov kind of gets a like to go out with no ceremony which i like you know yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes a villain doesn't deserve a great death and this is one of those villains where i'm like yeah just blow him the hell up um <laughs> also felt very much like for your for your eyes only where the villain uh like the major villain just gets a shitty helicopter death yeah. that doesn't really make an impact on anyone <laughs> bye <laughs> uh i this building was definitely not up to code look at how mm -hmm. much is falling apart um and also this is the second time that black widow has accidentally dropped a city on the <laughs> earth and i wonder how she feels about that right <laughs> both times in like the same part of the world as well yeah like, yeah oof. what do you have against the slavic uh soviet bloc countries black oh right this movie Baron yeah. Zemo's going to come for your ass. Like, oh, yeah. Gonna, it's, it's a good thing you're dead, frankly. Um, <laughs> although we do love a bit of Daniel Brawl. Another monster that I love. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, he got the best monster treatment of them all. He turned into a somewhat hero. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, why isn't the Red Room redder is my big question. Like, that's a very good question. <laughs> I just, I love a motif. I love an interior design theme, an exterior design theme. Like, just anything been... on the nose would have been absolutely fine for this. <laughs> this movie has not been shying away from anything. Why would they not lean into yeah. the Red Room part? <laughs> make it red. Um, I do think though this is one of the best like Marvel third acts because it is so physical. Like you have a sense of the space, even yeah. though it's like a largely CGI environment. You can keep track of where people are moving where they're going where they are in relation to each other the threats are not so abstract like there's a there's a, a there is a giant burning exploding floating building but there isn't like a laser beam that they have to fight like they are literally fist fighting and i i love it it's pretty cool. yeah this movie's strange like i i said earlier it, the plot is so secondary it, it really right. just feels like you're moving from set piece to set piece but for also a kind of long movie it moved by so quickly like yeah. there really is kind of a three-act structure and everything wraps up neatly and uh, the movie ends actually right where it needs to end you don't get like a thousand different endings like waiting yeah. for it to end like the the city comes down the family makes up natasha we get a little denouement with natasha and that's it like that's that's really it it's great <laughs> Let, let's hope no time to die can have the same sort of alacrity because uh, this oh. movie is half an hour shorter than no time to die <laughs> oh man i i mean 
<laughs> slightly makes me worried and slightly gets me excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to know how to feel. Like if yeah. it's if it's three hours of Spectre, oh, I'm not gonna, Ooh. I'm not gonna be happy. Don't spoil but- the next episode, Andrew. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Black Widow. We're talking about Black Widow. Right, um. right. Uh, so Natasha leaps after Yelena with a parachute and saves her. Taskmaster comes after Natasha and they fight again, of course, in the air and on the ground. Natasha removes Antonia's helmet and exposes her to the Red Mist and apologizes to her. We love to see it. We um, love to see it. What a great way to end this. Not like with a death, but with like a salvation. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a rough landing. Like, the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so cool to have a fight in like a falling apparatus. Like there's so many great like moments, but it's also like this, A, this can't surely go on for very long. And no. it doesn't. Um, no. And B, <laughs> Aren't they all going to pancake? Uh, and, Ooh, yeah, they, they like so. they pull that ripcord really at the last second, and like I, I feel like they have not taken out enough momentum to survive the fall. But again, we we forgive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are certainly hitting that ground at like full force and breaking mm. both of their kneecaps. Um, yeah, I wrote that Flo Pew was very lucky to have missed all of that scrap metal uh, before oh she gets caught, uh, and then especially in that parachute that not right. a single piece of falling debris cuts it and like just destroys their descent. Yeah, what I, sort of nylon are they using for the parachutes? <laughs> that stuff is tough. My God, I, yeah, yeah, that's like I don't know, plastic <laughs> aluminum or something. Um, <laughs> Unlike most Bond films, all of the main female characters survive. That's true. Technically, Black Widow is dead by the final scene of the movie. Uh, I guess, but that doesn't act like the death doesn't happen in yes, this movie, true. quote unquote. <laughs> and and Antonio comes back from the dead, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's a it's, win. And, yeah. and and Melina technically is believed dead, and yeah, so and still here. And uh, <laughs> Flopu doesn't even lose an earring. That's how alive she is. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> um, I will say for the for the Marvel nerds out there, the fact that Taskmaster draws a sword at this point was a thing I love because that is a reference to an Avenger that we are probably never going to see on the screen um jacques duquesne the swordsman um a very obscure like d tier um avenger but i think it is in mimicking his powers that taskmaster ever has a sword so maybe maybe that means jacques duquesne does exist somewhere in the marvel cinematic universe um that's exciting probably on like an episode of some tv series on maybe yeah yeah he could he could plausibly turn up in hawkeye actually that would make a lot of sense oh exciting we love a new character so as the red room crashes to the ground natasha finds yelena and asks for her forgiveness for not coming back for her the family is reunited as shield agents come to take control of the scene natasha stays behind to face them while yelena melina alexei and antonia leave with the widows everybody good I am clearly injured. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel Weiss. So good. So good. (laughs) Um, Really hoping this is not the end for Melina or Alexi. Like, we know Yelena is going to come back. And I would feel like Antonia is surely going to come back. And the widows, I would think, are going to come back. Um, I wrote that this family could easily have another movie together. Right? Yeah. I feel like like if, if... if Florence Pugh gets to do a Black Widow music movie and it would be insane for her not to get to do a Black mm, Widow movie, like very. clearly she's going to, as we said, she'll show up in Hawkeye. She'll show up like maybe they'll do like a Thunderbolts movie or a Dark Avengers movie or maybe she'll just be an Avenger. But she needs a solo movie and that's yeah. a good place to bring these characters back. Absolutely. Um, I love that Yelena has one last vial and hides it in her boobs like an, a lipstick in Drag Race All-Stars. <laughs> it just um, says Bendel Creme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sending myself home. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks later, Natasha is on the run again. She reunites with the Fixer, who has found her an Avengers jet, and sets off to break some of her fellow Avengers out of prison. Love the Black Widow-mobile here at the end. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so nice to tie the movies together, but it's so annoying that we know that Black Widow is going to her death. Uh, basically, I mean, yes, she will have several more years of life, but... but you know, but we know, we know as the audience that this is probably the last time we'll see Scarlett Johansson in this role. Yeah. Especially given the lawsuit. Oh, Ooh, um, yeah, rough. So, yeah, and and again, it reminds me that, you know, Hawkeye could have died on uh, whatever that planet was called, and instead we lost ScarJo, and it's like, this Why? is so annoying. This is so Why? annoying. Jeremy Why Renner is the worst. Jeremy Renner? <laughs> like, you had Scarlett Johansson and you chose Jeremy Renner? Oh, uh, makes no sense. <laughs> really, really <laughs> sad decision. Uh, you know, this movie is all about how much men are awful, and the behind the scenes is also <laughs> about how much men are awful, right? right? Oh, <laughs> gross. But, you know, sentimental music plays at the end, and uh, we all <laughs> can move on with our lives, I guess, except for <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yes. So in a post credit scene af set after Natasha's death in Avengers Endgame, Yelena visits Natasha's grave. She is joined there by Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, Welcome her to the new stage. boss, <laughs> who gives her instructions to kill the ma man responsible for her sister's death, Hawkeye. Mm. Yelena Belova will return oh cannot wait for this james bond jr flow q <laughs> sequel so exciting um, yes uh my my chief note here is yes girl kill his ass um, <laughs> also valentina no he's not a cutie he's not at all a cutie like it, there is a there is a tier of hotness in the marvel cinematic universe and jeremy renner does not make Bottom, the list yeah. like, it's like <laughs> There's, there's Rocket Raccoon, Howard the Duck, Jeremy Renner. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you put Howard at the Duck, like, after Rocky Raccoon? Rocket Raccoon? I mean, Rocket Raccoon is snuggly, at least. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, two-minute screen time and one of the most compelling characters <laughs> in this film. Am I right? <laughs> She's so good. Yeah, originally this would have been her first appearance in the MCU. Oh. Because this movie was supposed to come out, of course, like a year, a year yeah. and a half ago. Um, and I su suspect maybe there was a longer cut, like, where she maybe like dropped her name or something like because we get quite a lengthy introduction to her in uh falcon and the winter soldier right. and it feels like if it had been the other way around then this scene would have been longer that scene would have been shorter mm -hmm. um but yeah she's you know we are building to something with uh with the contessa which i love to see even though you know i love the contessa as a character in the comics but for me she's a heroic character and in the comics she is a much more complicated character and clearly in the movies she is a a gray character at best yeah uh, I have knowing absolutely nothing about what's coming up in the cinematic universe. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm very excited to see where both of these characters go. I feel like we're entering the gray area of yeah. Marvel, uh, which is very exciting. All of this quantum mania, quantum realm stuff is, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, the what if series. Everything's broken and fractured, and I love it. Yeah, excited to see more, and maybe we'll do another Marvel movie at some point. Because you know, if we do, if they do another Black Widow, if they do something else that ties into James Bond, uh, we'll be there. It's true, and also we're going to run out of James Bond eventually. So. <laughs> we really are, <laughs> especially the speed they're putting them out. My God! Oh yeah. <laughs> 
So shall we get into our lowlights and highlights of the movie? I think it's time. Uh, well, what's the highlight, Shane? Andrew, we we both know. It's <laughs> it's Florence Pugh. It is Florence Pugh. She's so good. She's, She's so, so good. good. Like, I mean, introduced to me in the movie Midsommar, and uh-huh. this is such a left turn from that, and I was delighted at how... Oh, just how expressive she is in everything she does. So, I mean, yeah, for me, it was Little Women that made me realize how, like, oh, this is someone we need to keep an eye on. I still haven't seen it yet. um, And yeah, she's like, she's just, she's great. Like, she's genuinely, like, her delivery, her action sequences, her, like, acting chops, um, the the dryness of the humor. um, She looks amazing. Like, I I couldn't be more in love with Florence Pugh. Yeah, Um, and she's, like, four feet tall. (laughs) all of that like so great uh how about the low light for you so uh, yeah i'm gonna say the fact that black widow is dead that scarlett Mm -hmm. johansson's character is dead is rough and also just olga kurilenko being cast in a movie to be given one line yeah that that sticks in my craw like i'm not happy about that bit of a waste that we that yes it we save it all for the last half an hour the Olga kurilenko stuff um would have loved just a bit more at the top and a little in the middle. That's kind of how you build a character arc. But, right. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've got to say, it's actually a more meta. It's the treatment of ScarJo by Disney and the press and the fandom. Mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like this movie was given the real short end of the stick. And it's actually a really fantastic movie. It's one of the few marvel movies that truly stands on its own it's not a sequel to anything i'm well sorry i i guess they're all sequels to each other at this point <laughs> are, yes. but honestly i as i said i think towards the beginning you could take this movie out of everything we know and it it kind of holds up on its own it's a great story from front to back yeah it's a really really terrific movie. but the um. but like the, it did not get rave reviews. Um, you know, toxic fandom is everywhere, but especially when it comes to male-dominated properties. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, she was just treated like shit by everyone. And then, and just the whole release schedule of this and her having to sue Disney because she wasn't given what she deserved. It's yeah. just a mess. Disney, you have the money. Pay up. Yeah, you know? pay up. <laughs> you have so much money. But what about fashion highlights in this movie? So, yeah, I, I hinted at it before. This is a tough movie from a fashion point of view. Like, I mean, like th- that vest with all the pockets, I love what it represents, but I I don't think I would wear it. Um, yeah. Not that that's the, the bar here, but like, no, you no. know. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I would probably wear most of the things <laughs> that we've highlighted in our fashion highlights before. <laughs> uh, um, I, I do love the Taskmaster costume, though. I think like, mm-hmm. that's a really great um, outfit. And also, As a fan like, of Daft Punk, I am here for it. And Florence Pugh at the very end of the movie is wearing this like almost Cher in Clueless kind of ensemble. Like, <laughs> oh wow, yeah. The, the the like yellow like checker blazer thing. It's like okay, I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, I do like what, that. What about you? Uh, I also said the vest question mark, um, <laughs> red leather question mark. I I was definitely here for the uh, red guardian suit, <laughs> um, especially that it was ill fitting. I just thought that was really hot. So uh, I'm gonna actually give my fashion highlight to David Harbour. All right, good. <laughs> I, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, queerest moment of the movie. <laughs> 
prison honey <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean let's we'll contextualize it a little bit so um <laughs> prison and gayness there is a nasty association of those things mm-hmm. and that is not what we are talking about um like we are not glamorizing uh or undermining the the horror actually of the prison industrial complex yeah yeah and the way men are treated in the way anyone is treated in prison um but as a like a fantasy space, it is still an erotic space. Like there's so much porn set there. Um, Tom of Finland, some of his greatest work, <laughs> right? One should wrestle with these contradictions in oneself. And yes, this prison feels like it's like one round of Jello shots away from a, a, a Weather Girls video. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just butch growly men. Um, now, having said that, <laughs> I mean. Not a particularly queer movie, so really no. grasping for straws. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we didn't we didn't have a lot to go to here. Uh, similarly, sexiest moment. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, for me, I put fi- finding Ot Fagbenli in your bed. For me, yeah. is you know, I've had dreams like that. Um, yeah, what I about mean, you, I. I I nearly wrote that, but I had to go with uh, an evenly matched Scarjo and Olker, uh, <laughs> Olker fighting Olker. in <laughs> fighting in their respective leathers. Uh, I mean, that was that was great visually. Yeah. It was definitely the moment in the movie that got me the most excited for what was to come. Uh, and yeah, in a movie that doesn't show a lot of skin, uh, I think being fully out fully decked in leather is pretty hot <laughs> yeah and honestly like it's worth saying like this is a movie where they chose not to like they're not sexualizing the women um nope. and no, they shouldn't for for a nope. movie like this i mean also generally in life let's stop doing that <laughs> um but like specifically like it's you know you're doing a spy movie and the natural thing to do is to lean into femme fatales and sex and all of that stuff and there's almost no sex in this movie and, and in the mcu generally like sex is not a priority um but it does mean that of course for for our rating system and for the way that we <laughs> count down the highlights like you know we we do like a bit of sexy um as do most of you um, i i i imagine that is true yeah though shout out to our <laughs> ace and arrow uh friends and, and siblings and cousins um, shout out you are valid too yes uh what was uh the best line or gag for you this time around Again, I've sort of previewed this. All the great lines in this are kind of in the delivery rather than in the writing. Like yeah. it's, it's Florence Pugh and Rachel Weisz uh, killing it. Um, so I went for, from, from Florence Pugh, my favorite line was, this would be a cool way to die. Very Bondian. <laughs> Very Bondian. Um, that could even be the title of one movie, Cool Way to Die. Um, <laughs> And from from Rachel Vice, it was just the heart tugging. It's me. It's Mama. Ah, uh, yeah, both oh. really great. Um, great moments in the film. I went with uh, around the same point as you did with Florence Pugh, uh, and it doesn't read like the best line, but it certainly right. is read like the best line. If you know what I mean. Yeah. We're both doing a really good job. Is <laughs> was probably my hardest laugh this this film this time around. Uh, she's the most sarcastic person in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we are here for it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, most timeless or relevant moment in the movie? I mean, isn't it that women are forced into slavery every mm. day? And while they may, may not all be mind-controlled assassins, the reality of human trafficking... Sorry, the reality of human trafficking is actually much more horrific. Yeah, it, like we said, it's so close to the nerve, like that stuff, that it's like, yes, it's it, it's shocking and it's sort of, 
this movie cannot reckon with that that depth of darkness really no um, but it it's not that it, movie no um i just put russia still fucking sucks <laughs> <laughs> you could replace russia with ohio and uh, <laughs> um i haven't spent too much time in ohio so i'm gonna let them, well, i haven't spent any time in russia though let's be honest oh but, fair but, fair but um vladimir putin you're you're a dick uh, yeah <laughs> i think it's worth acknowledging oh Guy's definitely he is a dick cringiest moment of the movie for me i went with the the nose break and fix the whole like ray winston's pheromones um i'm not i'm not here for it like that should have gone back to the writers and said yeah come up with something a bit better than this um i just went for a gag here i said i want to stay in ohio (laughs) Uh, (laughs) maddie literally just walked in the door i said that (laughs) he is not happy with me well babe wait until you hear this episode (laughs) right he's the partner that does listen to the podcast oh no (laughs) exactly oh shit All right, well, we better wrap things up. Um, <laughs> I've got a fight to settle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Black Widow uh, is going to be free to all Disney Plus subscribers from October 6th. So if you haven't had a chance to see it yet, you will then, of course. We've ruined the whole <laughs> film for you yeah, at this yeah. stage. So um, sorry about it. <laughs> now it's time for our ratings. We will each give the movie a score between one and three, then award bonus points from four categories. And they are never-changing categories. Bond, <laughs> song, glamour, and queerness. The man- maximum score available is au naturellement 007 we will start with our base scores shane what are you giving this movie you know this was a really great movie there is so much to love here the things that detract for it are uh more societal problems than movie (laughs) problems i will say Uh so i'm actually going to give this movie a three it was so great yeah, I agree. It's like, I just, I loved it more than I even thought I would. Like, I'm a sucker for an MC. Like, Marvel movies are like Bond movies for me very much in that even if I don't like it, I'm going to love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I have such fun. But this one was also like legitimately one of the best for me. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. The Bond point, however, hmm, I, I mean... I guess this is one of those times where Bond is not in the film, so technically we shouldn't give him the point, right? <laughs> I looked really hard, and I could not see James Bond anywhere in the movie. So it's I did want to. I almost was going to ask if you double check that Moonraker scene to make sure it was just tracks <laughs> on screen, so we could oh. te- give it a technical point. Oh, maybe. <laughs> oh, we might have to go back to that. Yeah, if if Roger Moore appears, then it technically can get well. But then its Bond point is contingent on. Roger Moore's performance which scene in, in which case I don't think we gave him the bond point <laughs> I don't think we did so oh, oh, oh so close Black Widow so close, so close but it's a zero um, okay this though is an interesting one the bond song mm. um, it, it smells is, like teen spirit cover at the top I guess yeah. is what we have to go with that's what we have to go with and I mean, you know what? It works really thematically with the movie. Uh, it's all yeah. about growing up from your trauma as a child and your family relationships. Uh, and it's done in a very Bondian way too. The, the yeah. like kind of emo style of the song, like change elevates it in a way for this film. I'm going to give it the song point, Andrew. I'm surprised with myself. Yeah, you know what? I'm giving it the song point too. Like I thought it it sort of it stayed with me after watching and I will probably listen to that cover again in the future. Um so yeah, I think it's a really well-performed song that fits really well with the opening titles and if that's not a Bond song, I don't know what is. Amen. 
Hmm, another, oh, this is another curious one. This is going to be weird, listener. I mean, this movie is a perfect 007 in my mind, but in our scoring system, it unfortunately can never be because uh, it is not a Bond film. (laughs) It's not a Bond film. Uh, That is the rules. And yeah, glamour is the next point. And uh, this is not a super glamorous movie. So it'll take some contriving to give this movie either the glamour point or the queerness point. I'm going to just say it. Like, that's the... The next two points. Um, so the argument for glamour could be that it features like some of the most glamorous women, uh, some mm-hmm. of the most glamorous actors out there. Rachel Vice alone deserves a point, I dare say. Uh, we get some incredible locations. There is very much a travelogue feeling to this film, just like in a Bond true. film. Um, so I am going to take that argument and run with it and give it the glamour point. Okay. Um, you know what? I love Budapest, um, and I love Melina's chunky eyeliner. Um, it's like failed glamour in both cases, actually. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, Budapest, I love you. Um, I hate the Hungarian government, though. Let's be very clear. Ooh, like, yeah. more goddamn assholes. Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, Budapest deserves better. Um, but yeah, no, I'm giving it the glamour point on a real uh, listeners. You can call us out on this. We're contriving yeah. this point oh, to yeah. make sure this movie gets a better score than it would under our system. Because you are corrupt. listening to two people argue with them, their own minds, trying <laughs> trying to raise this movie. <laughs> the world is a corrupt place, and it's time we taught you this lesson, kids. I mean, really, you just you just have to understand this whole system is flawed. Um, for for a couple of uh, Soviet <laughs> podcast hosts, we make really good parents, Andrew. We really do. <laughs> uh, but how contrived is the question? Because we get to the Quinn's point, and I'm going to say straight out, I cannot contrive a Quinn's point for this oh, movie. I'm, I have to say the same. Like there, there's not a single moment that is for queer people in this film. No. Uh, as much as I wish there was, maybe uh, if you're looking at this in terms of like aromantic, asexual, there's absolutely no sex, right? Uh, That's and true. so that is a bonus point there. But I think in our terms, uh, what we've been looking at as we've been going through our series here, no, this is not a queer movie. Like if we were doing, if we were doing all of the MCU movies that are scoring system specific, then maybe MCU, this is probably the queerest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, like, you, we would probably have like a beefcake point or something in the rating system because that's such a Marvel thing to have, like yes. a hot shirtless guy. Um, and this movie doesn't even have that, which no. It, there's no place for it, so that makes sense. It's almost but, to its benefit, but yeah. <laughs> here in this scoring system, it does not get a point. It is not. It is not giving us the uh, the queer male gaze. So yeah. So I guess that means that we have for a Bond movie, it's a 004 out of a 007. Which it's a double o five. Oh, it's a 005, which is great. <laughs> I mean, that is definitely better than most of the films we've talked about so far. But yeah. if we're talking about actual like. Is this a great movie? This is a perfect 007 for me. Oh yeah, no, it's a yeah, it's a really great movie that I would recommend any Bond fan watch. Um, mm. Anyone like if you just if you love action movies, this is one of the best action movies I've seen in a while. Uh, yeah. This and Shang Chi both. I know you haven't seen Shang Chi <gasps> yet. I can't um, wait. But I, please, guys, get out to the theaters and see that movie. Like it's so worth your time. Well, actually, no, sorry. Get out to the theatres if you feel safe going to the theatres, and if there is a theatre you feel safe in. Do not go to the movie theatre if you don't feel safe. There is a pandemic out there. And it's only getting worse. (laughs) Somehow, nearly two years later. (laughs) Dear God. Uh, But yes, I'm not not saying throw caution to the wind and go to the movie theatre. Do what feels safe to you, but if you do go to movie theatres, this is a great movie to see. 
Not <gasps> the world's a complicated place. Right. Well, speaking of theaters, am I right? You oh, and I are going to have to go soon. We are going to have to go soon. We are, yeah, we're going to have to work out how we're going to get to go and see No Time to Die because next time on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, we are getting ready for the release of the 25th James Bond movie by watching its immediate predecessor in the Bond canon, and that is 2015's Spectre, starring Mr. Rachel Weiss plus mm-hmm. Leia Sadu and Christoph Waltz. It is a controversial entry in the franchise, but how do we feel about it six years later? And more importantly, how do our long lost secret evil brothers feel about it? Oh, I have a feeling if you listen closely to this episode, you may know which direction we're going in. Yikes. Um, we will be circling back to tackle the novel from Russia with Love later in the year, because mm-hmm. it was originally going to be uh, the next episode, but uh, we, we have to get on the No Time to Die train. Um, yes. So we will have now a special episode for that, and we will have a casting episode for both from Russia with Love and Diamonds Are Forever in the future as well. Yes, look forward to that. You can follow Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on Twitter and Instagram at KKBBPod or send us lovely glowing messages at KissKissBangBangPod <laughs> at gmail.com. You can also follow our individual Twitter accounts at Wheeler and at Shane Came Back. Please, please share, like, rate, review Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on your preferred podcasting and social media platforms, particularly iTunes listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. That one really helps us get up there. Uh, our graphics are provided by the incredibly, fantastically talented Carl Shura. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Carl Shura. That's C-A-R-L-S-H-U-R-A. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is recorded in Toronto on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. We acknowledge that we're settlers on unceded territory. And as you know, we like to end every episode with a great piece of Bond-related music, and you can find this and all of our music picks on our social media channels. Andrew, what are we going to sign off with this week? You know, this might be the only time I get to choose a From Russia With Love song. <laughs> what? Uh, so... <laughs> Well, maybe I'll, I don't know if I'll be the song pick for the novel uh, or not, mm. but uh, but I wasn't for the movie. So this is my chance to slip one in because this Love is it. our unofficial pairing of movies. Black Widow, of course, uh, has some thematic ties, you know, Russia and shit. Uh, so I have chosen <laughs> a cover of From Russia With Love by Natasha Atlas. Uh, this is from the Shaken and Stirred project by David Arnold, which was released in 1997. John Barry loved the project so much, it's all covers of Bond songs, uh, that he recommended Arnold to Barbara Broccoli to score Tomorrow Never Dies, and David Arnold went on to score multiple Bond movies. Natasha Atlas, the uh, the vocalist on this uh, song, is a Belgian-born Anglo-Egyptian singer, former frontwoman of Transglobal Underground. And her cover of this song is just this beautiful cultural blending of her uh, Arabic roots with David Arnold's uh, Bond production. can't believe i've never heard this song i am in <laughs> love with it wow what a find there were so many great tracks in shaken and stirred uh, yeah i used to wear that cd out when i was uh, a wee boy 
I mean, this is a great cover. I definitely encourage our listeners to listen to it. And Natasha Atlas is well worth pursuing. I had a couple of her albums as well. Like, I loved her voice so much that I ended up buying some of her albums on the back of uh, this track. Oh, fantastic. Well worth investigating. In case you'd say no. Thank you for listening, and until next time, kiss, kiss, bang, bang.